With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Caps PA announcer Wes Johnson, and you're listening to Bull the Pod. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a brand new edition of What the Puck. It is a Washington Capitals podcast, and that means it's a podcast about your 2018 Stanley Cup champions. Thank you all for listening to us on all of your favorite podcast platforms, especially Overcast. We are a proud member of the Fans First Sports Network. Well, this has been quite the week for the Washington Capitals. It is Jekyll and Hyde. It's back. Things are going really, 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 really well. And then things just come crashing down as we saw against Detroit. Joining me as always to talk all about it, my buddy, Coach Dan. What's going on, man? How you doing? I'm all right. I, I don't know if you've caught my attire this evening in terms of... Uh, so I got the Orioles hat and I got the Nats polo. I thought that would... Oh, you got the Nats polo. polo. I didn't see the, the Nats yeah, logo yeah. there. So I got the Nats So you worked at Walgreens for a second. I well, That's a terrible joke. Okay? Calm Still down. valid. Curly Still W valid. is a great logo. I mean, I will say that the Baltimore Orioles City Connect B is my favorite logo of theirs. That's the one I enjoy the most. It's so boring. And why does the line go down further than that? Like, did they not pass like second grade writing? Like, I don't understand. <laughs> it looks like a Disney D. That's what it is. It's fancy. No, it does. No. <laughs> it's fancy. They, whoa. Did some dude when he was like making it like drew too far and he was just like, Whoops. Uh, yeah, was this what you want to do? Yep. Uh, we're out of time. So just publish that. I uh, clearly, clearly Nike and fanatics are not paying too close attention to, uh, uniforms and logos right now. So 
you know, yeah, that's what's going on over there in Major League Baseball. So yeah, th- things Getting are not looking good. Uh, things are not looking good for the MLB and their uniforms. But let's get back to no. the NHL. The MLB uniforms look like the Caps versus Detroit game last night. The oh, yeah, so bad, unfortunate. But uh, all right, so here's how it started. Like last week, up against the Lightning. The Caps won five three, decisive win. They looked good. Uh, they looked they they looked like a playoff team. They lose to the Florida Panthers. I kind of expected that to happen anyway, but it was only but not as close. Two. Yes, three to two and OT. Wasn't expecting. And it they to were be like winning that. that game. Yeah, and it it was a good game. Then they win uh, six to three against Ottawa, which expected that as well. So it really came yeah, down yep. to this Detroit game a technically a four point game since they're so close in the standings. Detroit's mm-hmm. not looking the greatest. Uh, and then they come out and it's eight to three. And you would think that the Detroit Red Wings are the reigning defending Stanley cup champions with the way the caps. Let's, let's not mention Detroit caps and Stanley cup. Okay. Let's just, I know it's been a long time, but let's go ahead and keep all that separate. Yeah. But eight to three loss against Detroit unexpected. I mean, was it just because uh, th- that loss to Detroit? Was it just because of back-to-back nights? Was it a breakdown of of players? Were they tired? Like, what's going on here? What 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 happened against Detroit that that made this this utter collapse happen? I mean, it could be a number of factors from it being back-to-back games and they were tired, from it being they just had an off night. I kind of think it's more ideally given we haven't any games since, so it's hard to say, but my impression of it is it's more of a one-off. And I'm looking at a a quote here for Spencer Carberry. I'm getting from Tarek Al-Bashir, who is the caps insider from monumental sports network. But he said, uh, he being Carberry, we're not going to just flush it. We're going to look at some of these things. There's a lot of structure things we've got to get cleaned up. We'll turn the page, though. We've played well. That game is a one-off for our group. And given given how they played over the last few games, or maybe two, two and a half weeks, I would say that's probably a fair assessment. I think we need to see how they do in the next game and the one after that before it looks like was, you know, the five-game point streak where they went four and one. Was that the anomaly compared to this Detroit game. So we still need to see a little bit more. We need a little bit more uh, observations, evaluations of this team before we can really say that they're better than, or they're as good as they were showing during that five game point streak. But I, it was a really solid Florida road trip. I mean, you could very easily have seen them going Owen two and getting blown out by Florida, but instead they took it to Tampa and then with a very good Florida Panthers team, which is, that's a weird sentence to say with a good Florida Panther (laughs) with a really good Florida Panthers team. That's battling with Boston. If I'm having checked the standings of the Atlantic, where's my standings of the Atlantic recently, but uh, there, yeah, currently it's high with Boston in the division, both with 82 points tied with a conference lead. That is Um, they were beating them at one point. And if it wasn't for a couple of mistakes, you know, they may have actually come out with a win in that game as well, but they still went, you know, you get three out of a possible four points on a tough trip to Florida. You're expected to beat Ottawa who has been playing really well as of late. I think I, if I heard correctly on caps this morning or, or during the broadcast, they had gone 10, three and three. Maybe that's not right, but they, they Florida had been, uh, Florida, Ottawa had been doing really well. And the caps just took it to them. 
And if anything, I feel like we're seeing signs of like or little bits and, and snippets and pieces of what Carberry's system is and what mm-hmm. a team that is playing how he wants to play, seeing what that is and what they can do. And I think with the right players, I think with the uh, uh, maybe a better, all uh, well-rounded defense, we're really seeing how this team could could be. And while this isn't necessarily like a Stanley Cup winning team, crazier things have happened, and maybe this is a team that can go a little bit further. Not necessarily this season, mind you, but I think this could be a team that you know can can make some noise next year. And the roster is going to look probably, depending on what happens by next Friday, the roster could look pretty different. Not dramatically. I think we're going to see the same core of Ovechkin and and, and Oshie, assuming he comes back and can play. Um, you know, I don't think we're going to see Backstrom again. We don't know what's going on with Yevgeny Kuznetsov. I don't think Carlson's going anywhere. I think Dylan Strom's sticking around. So I think we're going to see a lot of the same guys again. But we're going to see some new faces. I know one of the guys that just came up is certainly going to make it difficult for them to send him down again. And so, you know, I think there's an opportunity for this team to really do something and to show, Hey, we might not make the playoffs this season, but watch out. You see, that's the thing. All right. I'm glad you brought that up. You brought up a lot of good points. So I'm going to try to break these all down, but I should start writing these things down. Oh, well, <laughs> I should stick to our notes is what I should do. <laughs> um, with the absence of Nick Backstrom and Yegeni Kuznetsov and TJ Oshie is hurt yet again and and all of these other things happening, Nick Dowd, we, we do have a lot of Hershey Bears uh, up at the NHL level, and they, they did take it to Ottawa. So let me ask you, yeah, we're missing some of these veteran guys, but do we want them back? Are the Capitals a better team with this younger talent, this faster talent? Do the, do we want uh, Henrik's Lapierre up here full time? Do we want Scarbosa up here full time? I think Connor McMichael is an NHL guy now at this point, but uh, with this younger talent that that proved what they can do at the AHL level last year, winning the Calder Cup, do we want the older talent? that uh, that struggled at the beginning of this season to come back when these new guys, these young guys are kind of flourishing underneath this, uh, this Spencer Carberry system. I think it depends on the player. I think this is almost an easier question for me to, to answer after next Friday to an extent. Like if we look at the five guys that are out right now and I'm not including Mantha cause he played, and I'll the dude was laying some though. haymakers, by the way, over the weekend. My goodness. I mean, yeah, Mantha I, was throwing some fists. Someone is out of contract after the season. And you can tell yeah. with how he's been playing this year. And you know what? It could be a plenty of other things as a reason to why he's being successful now. Could be the coaching staff. Could be that, you know, he's in a better place uh, mentally and physically. Like there's a lot of different things that could be going well for Anthony Mantha. I still think he's probably gone by next Friday if if not in the summer because they probably aren't going to want to pay him what he's going to ask for. But if you look at the five guys that are out right now, given four of these are injuries, one of these is an illness. TJ Oshie, who's out with an upper body injury. I was, first of all, when they said upper body, I was like, typo. Yeah, I think upper. you texted me. Yeah. Did you text me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're like, upper? And I was like, no, no, that's a typo. Like, they meant to say lower. And then I went and checked, and, they're, and I forget, maybe it was... Bailey Johnson of the Washington Post, where she yeah. was like, no, they meant to, she wrote like upper body. No, seriously for Oshi. And cause everyone was like, what? I thought it was like an AC. I was like, oh, he's done for the season. Cause he's like four games away from a thousand. That sucks that he got hurt there. But 
I don't know. Is it his back again? So is, is he back on Minnesota getting that taken care of? Like, I don't – Oshie's got enough money. He's got to fly that dude and, and get him an apartment or something over here. <laughs> but he's probably got a you know, business. He can't do that. Um, like, Oshie, do we want back? Yes. He's a heart and soul guy. He's a leader on this team. Yes, you want a healthy TJ Oshie back. Sonny Milano? Yeah, I don't see why not. Um, Nick Dowd? I would say yes, but I think he's gone at the deadline. Even even though he's hurt right now. Yeah, so he so Milano Dowd and Nick Jensen skated today. So I think he's back. Even injured guys do get traded if they feel like they're gonna be back soon. I think it probably hurts what not what the the home team, the current team. I don't know how to describe that. I think it'll hurt a little bit what they might get. So like if he was perfectly healthy, the caps probably get maybe a little bit more for him than if he's injured. Because if you're the a team trying to acquire him, you're like he could get hurt again with whatever's going on. You know what? That first round pick is now a second round pick or that second round pick is now a third round pick or something like that because they're just a little concerned. So, you know, Dowd love having him on the team, but I think he's gone. And I think LaPierre is, is certainly, I mean, they're going to have a tough decision to make. If he's not down, I think he's going to be on sent down at least on paper before the trade deadline so that he could play for Hershey in the playoffs. But it would not shock me if they traded Nick Dowd and just didn't bring up another center. If they're like, LaPierre, you're our guy. Like, you're coming in, you're doing it. If Scarbosa was to bump back to the fourth line and you had a, a you know center spots of like Strom, McMichael, LaPierre, and Scarbosa, and they went with that. As much as like Alexi Protus might have been working out there, you know, and I think that's certainly something potentially for next season. You know, right now it looks like that could be their four centers until until likely the Caps, you know, season just comes to an end, no playoffs, and then Lapierre heads to Hershey to help them try and defend their Calder Cup. But, you know, Dowd, Nick Jensen, I'm I'm fine with both of those guys, you know, quote-unquote, not coming back to the team just because I think the team needs to get younger, and I think Dowd certainly has a good trade value. I don't know if there's any market for Jensen right now. You know, maybe there's someone that would be interested in having him as a sort of third pairing or depth defenseman for their playoff run. And then there's Martin Favari, who I think is a huge part of this team going forward. And of course I want him back. So, you know, of the five guys out three, Favari, Milano, and Oshi, I think make a lot of sense to come back. But Jensen and Dowd, I think at between now and the beginning of next season, they are, you know, for lack of a better term, replaceable. Now I understand, of course I was not there, but the game against Ottawa, there were a ton of scouts up in the press box watching that game for a bunch of different teams. Now, obviously, we have talked about it ad nauseum that this trade deadline is coming up March 8th. It is a week and a half away. Um, and obviously, there were some some scouts there checking out talent either for Ottawa or for Washington. Uh, I mean, you, you, we kind of brought it up a little bit already, but like you said, Nick Dowd is injured. There's a, a Jensen's uh, injured. Uh, I, I've whole I've heard uh, Joel Edmondson's name kind of bounced around a little bit as well. Uh, of course, Charlie Lindgren is another name that has br been brought up a lot for trades. But what is it about this? Uh, some of these players, or or what are you thinking that is sparking the interest of all of these scouts? Why was that Ottawa Caps game such a big deal for scouts to be at and to see what they were going on? Because, I mean. 
if we had a majority Hershey Bears playing at that NHL level and that's who they were com- coming to look at, that makes me a little worried about the future of the team because if they're going to look at the Hershey Bears, that means they're not going to be Capitals uh, next year because they're going to get traded away somewhere else. But what do you, what do you what do you think? Like what what drew the interest of those twenty some odd scouts to the Ottawa Caps game on Monday? Well, I think it's because you have the twenty seventh ranked Ottawa Senators and the eighteenth ranked Washington Capitals. Now, given the Caps are kind of a spot where they're jumping around based on you know other teams playing and where and when they play and if they get two points. But I think it's because you have two teams that are probably widely viewed as likely or going to be sellers. I think going to be with Ottawa and likely with the Capitals. I think a little bit of difference there is that the Caps could also be buyers to an extent in terms of trying to retool for the rest of this season and next season. But I think we're going to see a lot of scouts at the last, well, the Caps have three games before the trade deadline. I think we're going to see a fair amount of scouts coming out because there's opportunities to acquire players that can help a team make a run hopefully to the Stanley cup in their mind. And so when you're, when you're a likely a selling team, you know, the scouts are going to come out and they're going to want to see how is Nick Dowd doing? I mean, not at the moment cause he's injured. You're going to want to see how is um, Max Pacioretty playing? How is Joel Edmondson playing? How is Charlie Lindgren doing in a game? You know, that's certainly possible that he could get traded. I, we've said before, I don't think as, as well as I think he's playing, I don't think he's this team's future. I mean, he's what, 29, 30 at this point. I, I say that if he's 30, I'm nine years older than him. I, I talk about him like he's an old man. Yeah. He's 30. He turned 30 back in December. Like he's certainly not an old man in the real world, but in like hockey, you know, this is a team that's in a, or in sports in general, this is a team that's transitioning, trying to get younger. And when you're 30 years old, that's not really what you're looking for. And if I'm the Caps and I have an opportunity to get a, a high draft pick or a prospect or an NHL-ready player for Charlie Lindgren, I would have a hard time saying no if I'm Brian McClellan. Like, why would I say no? I have Darcy Kemper, who, yeah, he has not played as well as you'd hope this season. He has not played well enough to be the team's number one, but you can slot him back, especially if you're not thinking you're going to make the playoffs. You can slot him back in and bring up Hunter Shepard or, or bring up Clay Stevenson, knowing that Stevenson might be your guy in the future and probably potentially your guy next season, or at least your number two, making his way into the number one spot next season. My guess is they bring up Hunter Shepard to be the backup. If they, this is hypothetically the trade Charlie Lindgren, you have Kemper, Shepard, Stevenson keeps tearing it up in Hershey. That's my guess. But I think scouts are coming because there's a lot of talent with this Caps team that could be moved out to bring in picks prospects retooling you know opportunities for this team uh and it makes a lot of sense and ottawa because they're just garbage (laughs) like that is like as like an organization or a city or anything their team's just not good this year yeah um so Let's talk a little bit about some of those Hershey Bears. Uh, I know we already you, you talked a little bit about it already about LaPierre, but uh, LaPierre, you got to give it to this guy. Every time he is called up, he makes the most of his time at the NHL level. He always seems to make an impression, and it's kind of like, I dare you to send me back down. I dare you to do that because he has been tearing it up. He looked great in this recent uh, weekend worth of games. 
And I think LaPierre does finish his season in Hershey this year. I do think he will be a Hershey Bear and will be going for that Calder Cup yet again. But next year, I think Henrik's LaPierre is a full-time capital. I don't see how he's not. And I think he could potentially be one the rest of this season. Just because, like, he's got, what, three goals in two games since he's come back up? Like you say, like, I dare you to send me down. Well, he's he clear. He doesn't have to go through waivers. So for McClellan, it's like, bye. Like, it no, doesn't, he, doesn't, he doesn't really have to make a hard decision here, especially if this is a team that's not going to make the playoffs. Like, he could right. look at it and go, well, this is easy. I'm just, I'm just going to I'm going to make a quick call. And Hendricks, <laughs> have fun driving up 83 to Hershey. Like, it's not going to be hard for him to do in reality. Or, to, you know, maybe it's like 270 to 15, whatever. Go through Frederick, whatever he wants to do. But actually, that might make more sense coming from Northern Virginia. Anyways, the reality of it is that this dude can play. And I think you're right. I think he is a full-time NHLer next season. I think he's a second or third line center for this team next year. And I think right now it might just be a numbers game in terms of where he ends up. It's a little bit unfortunate, but that's kind of his reality. And we've seen that happen plenty of times before. And, you know, he gets to go and he gets to keep tearing it up in Hershey and make a nice long playoff run, which I think even if he's stuck with the team, he's going to end up, unless they have some miracle or by some miracle, make the playoffs. He's going to end up back in Hershey for their playoff run. And whatever happens with him, it's just helping him to develop. But I agree with you. He's a full-time National Hockey League player. Washington, like, he's not going to get – God, I should say that now. But knock on wood, he's not going to get traded at the deadline or in the offseason unless they're going to bring in, like, Connor McDavid or Nathan McKinnon. Like, that's – or Connor Bedard. Like, it's not – and even that wouldn't make sense. None of those would make sense. Like, it's just not happening. So, you know, I think it's just kind of a numbers game for him right now. He's a young guy. He's got plenty of time. He's going to have a long career. Um, And I'm excited to see him on this team next season. I mean, he'll be 23. He's a young guy. He's he's 22. He turned 22 at the uh, beginning of the month. So going into next season, he'll, he'll still be 22. Turning 23 a little bit after the midway point. So... You know, I think the Caps have a pretty good future. You know, they're probably a, a high, um, a goal-scoring winger or two away from really making a, being a really good team in a couple of years. But that can easily change both internal making moves, drafts, whatever the case may be. You know, there's a couple guys coming up that could certainly become something like that. I'm not expecting them to have another Alex Ovechkin, but I think Lafayette is going to be a big part of this team's future. He might even serve McMichael, maybe he's that's the second line and McMichael's the third line center with both those guys behind Strom. Although McMichael's, you know, doing a, a considerable considerable amount better. That was terrible English. But he's certainly doing better there. So in terms of the center depth of, you know, lines one through three are pretty good going into next season. Now, a guy who is making a huge impact to this team already, and I, uh, we're going to talk about how it's going to be kind of hard to send him back down, but Scarbosa has looked really, really good in his time up at, in the NHL level, and he's reached a limit now of the amount of game he's allowed to play before he has to go back down to Hershey on waivers. But, like, tell me how this this whole system works, because I'm still confused. Like, he's already played the allotted amount of games, but he has to be sent back down uh, in order to play in the Calder Cup playoffs, but he'd have to go through waivers. Am I getting that right? So if I read it correctly, he because he already went through waivers in training camp, 
he would have to go through waivers again or something along those lines. If then they have to send him down by the trade deadline to Hershey, even if it's a paper move, you know, he could still theoretically be claimed. Um, so yeah, essentially if they want him to be able to play for the bears during their playoff run, he has to be sent down either on before or be on Hershey's roster on March 8th after the trade deadline to be allowed to play in the AHL playoffs. But I have to imagine that they're concerned that they would lose him. I mean, they tried to, you know, it sounds like they tried to kind of sneak Matthew Phillips through and Pittsburgh worked him up. Yeah. yeah I mean, work. Pittsburgh snagged him up. So I, I, you know, I don't, I don't know if he would necessarily get through. It's like a depth forward. He was doing really well in Hershey. I think he was their leading, leading team points or goals or something like that. And so, you know, I, I almost feel like it's too high of a risk. And while it kind of sucks for him to not be able to be a part of the team in their, in their playoff run, them being the bears, I have to imagine that the caps are like, yeah, we're keeping you around for the rest of the season. He's probably like, okay. Like he gets to play in the national hockey league and he's getting pretty decent minutes and the coach likes him. So this could be a situation where they may have just lucked out. And I mean, he's how old is Scarposa? I mean, he's not like a, a young, young guy in terms of like sports. No, he's not. He's I mean, 31. Have... He'll be 32 at the beginning of next. He turns 32 in July. So, so this really is like his last shot. I mean, yes. And no crazier stories have happened before where guys have been a bit older, but I could, you know, I could easily see him going into next season as the fourth line center. I don't think he's necessarily that on like a playoff team, but maybe it just took him a while or took him longer to reach that sort of like peak of his career, or maybe he's not even there yet, or maybe it's already happened, but you know, he's playing well. He plays well under Carberry system. Coach likes him. And if I'm the caps, I'm not risking losing him because then who's the next guy up that you're going to have to fill that center spot. I guess Protus. I imagine, too, Scarbosa has just got to be happy because, you know, plane rides are better than bus trips. You know, he's got to be loving that NHL life, you know? It's way – I mean, AHL is great, but you you don't get private planes <laughs> in the AHL. I would imagine not so much, no. So, I, you know, I, I can understand how if, you know, McClellan or Carberry sat him down after practice one day and were like, hey, look, things are going as we wanted them to in DC. And we're not real sure about if we're going to make the playoffs this year. And normally we'd have give you an opportunity to play for Hershey, but we can't risk losing you for the rest of this season. So we're going to, we're going to keep you up here. And as things are going right now, you're going to be getting a, a Jersey every night, but you're not going to be going back and playing for Hershey. You can't play in the playoffs. And if I, you know, if I could see how on one hand, Scarbosa might be a little disappointed because he was doing really well there, but I think, think the goal for everybody playing in the you know ahl echl or up in the you know canadian junior leagues the goal is to get to the national hockey league and i think if you can get there and get to play with you know a guy like not on the same line but a guy like alex ovechkin and it sounds like scarbos is kind of we'll see what happens after the trade deadline but he's he's matching up well with max pacioretty you know i don't think he's going to be too heartbroken about it you know, he keeps keep playing in the NHL. Now, a guy that has made that uh, transition from the AHL to the NHL and has made quite a career for himself is Mr. John Carlson. And he actually uh, made some Caps history this week. 
That is correct, sir. So in the win over Ottawa, technically this happened before the win, but it was during the game. Uh, he passed Cali Johansson for most games played for the Caps by a defenseman, which is a pretty awesome thing to have. Cali Johansson actually wore my Cali Johansson uh, jersey, as you like to call nice. it. Uh, nice. I wore that yesterday, and uh, that was one of my favorite players when I was growing up. Peter Bondra, Cali Johansson, Joy Juno, a bunch of Kolzig, a bunch of guys. Uh, but I always really liked Cali Johansson. And uh, he also passed Sergei Gonchar for second most in goals by a defenseman for the Caps. And he, I believe, like, if I read this correctly, he is four away from Kevin Hatcher at 149. So I would imagine potentially by the end of this season, if not beginning of next season, John Carlson will become the uh, most goals scored by a Caps defenseman in team history, which is a pretty, I would imagine, awesome statistic for him to have and you know do we see his name up in the rafters one day there's a couple there's a bunch of guys on this team that i could see maybe not on the rafters but if they ever did like a ring of honor kind of thing he definitely yeah. would be up there but uh, i don't think anybody's getting up there until or no one should get up there until either it's ovechkin or, or bondra and kolzik get their jerseys retired what is what is taking so long with those well how have bondra and kolzik not gotten their numbers retired uh, that that is uh, that is very odd but uh i i also think you can't retire all the numbers. So like, all I like the, the ring numbers, of honor. They I, only have like four. <laughs> I know, but like, I, so I think all the have ring like of half honor of the numbers, they're going to have to start going to like triple digits on the back of their jerseys or something. I think like the ring of honor is the better thing to do instead of like retiring numbers. I think Ovechkin uh, is probably the only guy that really should have his, his number retired because of what Backstrom? he's been able to do to this team. Backstrom is great. But I don't know if you retire 19. I don't know if you do that. He's another Ring of Honor guy. Canadians um, have retired 18. Wait. Uh, honor 18 players and 15 jersey numbers. So maybe there's a couple guys like before they retired, they both wore the same number. Um, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. I mean, I don't know. I The argument before about jersey numbers retirement was like, well, if they haven't won a cup, they don't get to retire any of them. And I was like, those two things are not, like, they're not comparable. You don't have to, What? Like that didn't make sense to me, but back to John Carlson. I like how I always take us off on this random tangent. And then I'm like, I find a very non clever way of going back to what we were talking about. No, I mean, it's another thing. We talked about this with Ovechkin. We're like, it's just been amazing that this guy who's just made such a mark on not only professional sports in the DC area, but the entire national hockey league has played in a cap sweater. And then you have another guy like John Carlson, who's just been a steady solid defenseman for this team for so long and a very good defenseman for this team for so long. And to have seen his career from the start to, you know, probably not over for a while. So knock on wood. So, you know, we'll get to keep watching what he does and he's going to be setting a new record for Lord knows if anybody's gonna be able to pass that one. I mean, look at Mike green was such a, uh, a high scoring defenseman for this team. He only had 113. And so, you know, his career also, I think, ended a little bit probably because of injuries and such a little bit earlier than we all expected. And he, I'm sure, wanted to. But, you know, he's just having a player like that on this team. It's just it's something to uh, admire, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So have we covered everything for Caps World? Um, I don't know. Have we? I mean, what? There's... 
I was kind of saying I doubt that they make the playoffs. They're only six points behind the Flyers as we're recording, that is, for third in the division and the Lightning for the last playoff spot. Caps have played two less games than Philly, so that certainly helps. Could they make the playoffs? Sure. Will they go far? Probably not. But, you know, crazier things have happened. But, uh, you know, so even it's, they- the, it's the battle for that third spot that makes the March 1st matchup this Friday against the Flyers that much bigger. And that was supposed to be TJ Oshie's 1,000th game play. That word is hard to say. Uh, it is. <laughs> uh, game play. And so that would have been really cool for him. And hopefully he can come back and, and do that this season, if not if not this season, next season. Um, yeah, I mean, any divisional game now between the Flyers or the Devils, the Lightning, uh, Lightning, the Islanders is what I meant to say, the Penguins, these are all four-point games because you're either trying to catch them or you're trying to keep away from them. And everything is, is, you know, they're playing, they need to be playing playoff hockey already. That's basically what the Caps, where their minds need to be at. Just looking ahead, April 16th, the final game of the year is against those Philadelphia Flyers. So that may be a big game. If they can stick to it, that could be a huge game for the Capitals April 16th. Could be a lot of drama up until then. But like right now, the Flyers, they're not doing the greatest. You know, one of their players, uh, I think it's the goaltender, if I'm not mistaken, is a part of that World Juniors uh, case that he had to leave the team. So they are kind of reeling a little bit. So um, if the Capitals want to make a play for the playoffs, if they want to uh, really make a dent, they, they've got to take advantage of these opportunities they have in front of them. And, you know, Flyers are coming up on March 1st. You've got two games left against the Pittsburgh Penguins, one of them coming up March 7th. Uh, you've got the Carolina Hurricanes at the end of the month. You go up against Detroit again on the 26th. You've got Boston twice. There is a huge opportunity to get two points in each of these games. It's going to be very difficult. They've got the the Lightning once again on April 13th. Uh this is a, a rough road ahead. Can the Capitals do it? Can they win? I think they can. I think they can make the playoffs, but they got to stop shooting themselves in the foot. They got to be here for every single game. There are no nights off. Like Spencer Carberry said, well, I think it was just an off night. They are not acceptable for the last month and a half of this, this season with, with, with how the rest of the season has gone. They need to win. They need to win now. And that's the only way you make it into the playoffs right now. You're going to need a lot of help around you, but unless you're getting two points consistently for the rest of, for all of March and half of April, you know, they, they can make their own destiny here and um, they, they need to do it. They, they need to win games just flat out. They need to, they need two points every night. See, and that's what makes the trade deadline coming up so interesting because earlier you were talking about teams that are uh, sending scouts and how they might be interested in the Caps. And so I'm just reading a piece real quick from the Hockey News, Sammy Silver, who's the Caps, uh, uh, covers the Caps for the Hockey News. And she's writing a piece about how the Oilers are apparently very interested in Nick Dowd. And this comes from Sportsnet's Elliot Friedman, who joined Bob Stauffer on 630... C-H-E-D Oilers now? Cheds Oilers now? I don't really know. Discuss the Oilers' approach to the trade deadline. And this is, I'm just essentially reading her article, where he mentioned that doubt is very much on Edmonton's radar, and while Anthony Mantha could also draw interest. So um, it, it certainly sounds like there's a possibility. I mean, are they a package deal? 
sending to Edmonton. That could be very interesting. You know what? We'll take Connor McDavid in return. I think that's, I'd say that's a fair trade. Um, yeah. So it, you know, I, I, I still think the caps go into this a bit of a, uh, retool in terms of they just, they're going to look at this and they're going to go, you know what? This isn't quite working out the way we want it to. We don't think this team is going to go far. We're going to move on. Even though the Dow's on expiring contract, we're going to move out some expiring contracts, Pacioretty, Mantha, Edmondson, and we're going to bring in, is Jensen on expiring? I feel like he's got another year on his deal. Do I have that wrong? He's got two more years on his deal. Edmonton, uh, Ed Edmonton, Edmondson. They need to trade Joel Edmondson to Edmonton. I mean, that, come on. <laughs> it's right there. Anyways, he's on an expiring deal. So is Malikston and, and, and Connor McMichael's getting paid this summer. Uh, but they're not going anywhere. Abe Kubel, maybe? He's on restricted free agent. Mm -hmm. You know, there could be a market, maybe like a fourth or fifth round pick for him, depending on what happens there. But Pacioretty's likely out. Mantha's likely out. So I could certainly see a bunch of things happening with this team and they retool and then still try and make that push for the playoffs. But I don't think they're necessarily just going to trade a bunch of guys for just draft picks. Like, I don't know if that's really going to help them, especially considering they're kind of a bubble team in terms of potentially making the playoffs. It's not like they're getting a top five pick this or have an opportunity to really get a good shot at getting that first pick at the draft. So, you know, I want to see them bring it back, you know, picks or prospects, but also a guy that can join onto the team right now. All right. Well, is that it for caps world? I think that's it, buddy. All right. Well, go caps. We're going to take a quick break and then we'll be back with down on the farm, but here's a word from some of our sponsors. everybody here we go we're going down on the farm we are talking hershey bears and south carolina stingrays coach dan what's going on down on the farm well let's start in hershey where the bears went 2-0-1 with wins over wilkesbury scranton and rochester they're currently first in the atlantic division and the entirety that is the ahl with 85 points 14 up on second place Providence in the division and 12 points up on Milwaukee in the league. They'll be back at it on Saturday when they host Utica at the Giant Center before heading to Lehigh Valley on Sunday. Down in South Carolina, the Stingrays went 1-2 and two in the past week with a win over Atlanta. The Rays are currently third in the South division with 65 points. Five back of second place Jacksonville and nine back of first place Greenville. Now they'll be back at it on Friday when they host Florida for back-to-back to-back games at the North Charleston Coliseum. That's what's going on down on the farm. All right. Well, go Bears. Go Stingrays. And now we're going to take another quick break, and we will be back with Around the NHL and Beyond. But first, here's a few words from some of our sponsors. All right, everybody. 
everybody. Welcome back to the show. We are going around the NHL and beyond. Lots of stuff going on in the world of hockey. So, Coach Dan, tell us what's going on around the NHL and beyond. Well, let's start with some not specifically breaking news because nothing has happened just yet. But I am seeing on Twitter NHL insider Frank Saravalli is reporting that the Vancouver Canucks have made significant progress on an eight-year extension for Elias Pettersson. That is big news for Canucks fans and is going to be a lot of money for him, I would imagine. But we're going to head over to Columbus, where they have acquired winger Alex Nylander in a conditional sixth-round pick in 2026 from Pittsburgh for winger Emil Bernstrom. Florida's Ryan Lumberg was fined just over two grand for elbowing Ottawa's Jacob Chukrin. That's another guy, by the way, to keep an eye on getting traded at or before or potentially uh, in the summer. But I'm talking about the deadline. Now, I don't know if you've seen this uh, issues coming out of Winnipeg regarding fan attendance and that their owner isn't helping any matters. So Mark Chipman, who is the owner of the Jets, said, and not the New York ones who are garbage. He said that the team isn't sustainable with the fan support that it's getting, which has understandably uh, angered the fans up in Winnipeg who are saying that the arena doesn't have any options outside of it, which I know sounds kind of silly, but like fans like to go and have dinner beforehand or after the game, maybe go to a bar or a pub or whatever and get some drinks. Just something to do around the area. So there's nothing to do around the area. And that the experience inside the arena, outside, of course, the game itself, is not very welcoming. So Bettman has come out and said, I guess he met up with Winnipeg, um, Chipman and, and some people up in Winnipeg. And they took some uh, prepared fan questions, which always is a bit sketchy. But I understand why they would do that. Bettman says Winnipeg is a strong market, which isn't the freaking issue, Gary. The problem isn't the market. The problem is that the owner isn't treating the fans very well. And so the fans are telling the owner to shove it and not showing up to games. So this might be one to keep an eye on as the Winnipeg Jets. While I don't think they're there yet, could they be on the move again? And now Atlanta is looking for another hockey team. Could they become the Thrashers once again? No, 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 no. That's not going to happen. No, they'll end up in... Well, wasn't it just the NHL was recently talking to, like, Salt Lake City or something? Yes. They'll be yes. like the Salt Lake City Jets or something like that. Uh, we do have some potential breaking news. Uh-oh. Except for I don't know who he currently plays for. Okay, so it looks like this is being reported by Pierre Lebrun of TSN and RDS Hockey Insider and senior NHL columnist for The Athletic. He is reporting, tweeted out just a minute ago, there's a trade call still pending, but it's he's hearing that Chris Tanev of Calgary is on his way to Dallas. Oh, wow. So I will keep monitoring that as we are finishing up the show tonight, but also coming from Elliot Friedman two minutes ago, Calgary and Dallas are working on a Chris Tanev deal. This one is developing. So something to keep an eye on. Anyways, getting back to the show, not that we weren't in the show, USA Hockey Today announced a six-part docuseries about the American women's ice hockey team called Defending Their Ice. Each 30-minute episode will focus on the life of the team on and off the ice. 
The series will cover game one of the rivalry series through the world championship in April. Now, episode one premieres March 9th at 4.30 and concludes on April 20th, with all episodes appearing on the NHL Network. Brandon, did I tell you about the fact that I have the NHL Network and for the longest time didn't know it? That's that's really sad there, Coach. Really, really sad. You've been watching the World Juniors for so long now. So one day my father-in-law came over and he was like, he had the remote because that's what father-in-laws do, I guess. And he had the remote and he was, you know, I have Verizon and he was like messing around the channels. He turned on NHL Network. He said something about NHL Network. I was like, oh, I don't pay for the, like the sports package with like NHL Network and NBA and NFL. And he goes, oh, and he clicks it and it it goes on. And I was like, huh? And he goes, oh, I guess you do. And I was like, what? So did, I guess wait, I do did, have did the he NHL buy Network. the channel. Did he yeah. buy the channel for you? He was like, I want to be able to watch golf. So I'm making you get the golf channel or whatever it was. So <laughs> no, apparently I have NHL network, but yeah, that's uh, the news. I'm oh, still sad that the NHL network is not on YouTube TV. Still breaks my heart. Really wish uh, they would fix that. Cause I would love to see this, t- uh, the six part series. Uh, I think it's a little odd that they're premiering episode one at 4.30 in the afternoon, but uh, yeah, maybe they're going to put it online later. But I hate that I don't have the NHL network. You know, I've switched to YouTube TV in the last year or so, and there's a bunch of channels that I, I didn't think I would miss, and I am. NHL network being one of them. If that whole deal where, like, Warner Brothers and Paramount and, and HBO Max and ESPN now come together and they can have all the sports channels in one central streaming service. I'm all for it because I want some NHL network, man. Unfair. Whatever. Okay, hold on. So I'm looking at this tenant. Where did the stats go that I have for the caps? So I'm kind of paying attention to this potential TANF deal because I'm wondering how comparable it will be to Nick Dowd. So Dowd in 45 games has 16 points. Tanev right now, if Wikipedia is correct, in 65 games has 13 points. Am I reading that right? So he's, I mean, his, it's, I mean, this could be comparable in terms of what the Caps could potentially ask for, or maybe less than what the Caps could ask for, for Nick Dowd. So Pierre Lebrun came out again, said trade call still pending, but hearing Chris Tanev is being traded to Dallas. Is that what I said before? That's probably what I said before. Not positive. I have no idea. Anyways, that is something to keep an eye on. I'm sure when this comes out, the trade will have already happened, but very curious to see what happens there with Chris Tanev. Now, a little piece of news, Coach, that you did miss. Got to call you out for this one. But the USPHL playoffs begin this week, and the hometown Hershey Cubs will be up against the Rockets Hockey Club First game is March 1st. They will be playing in a best-of-three series, and the uh, all three games will be at the uh, Hershey Park Arena March 2nd, or 1st, 2nd, and 3rd. So, go Hershey Cubs. Yeah, buddy. I need that sweatshirt I found. You do. Well, Coach Dan, is that the show? I think that's it, buddy. All right, everybody. Well, if you would like to continue the conversation with Coach Dan or I, you can. It's real easy. All you have to do is follow us each on X. You can follow me at Brando Cash on X. I uh, have been on the formerly Twitter for 14 years. Got my Twitter anniversary over the weekend, and it tried to tell me that it was my X anniversary, which does not have a good ring to it. 
but I have not been on X for 14 years. I've been on Twitter for about 13 and X for maybe a year or so or six months. I don't know how long it's been since Elon did his thing. But you can follow me on X, formerly Twitter, at Brando Cash. Coach Dan, where can people follow you at? You can find me on Twitter at WTP Coach Dan, talking all kinds of Capitals-related stuff. I'm sure I'll have a lot to say once the trade de- trade the trade deadline the trade deadline happens, and uh, on there talking about Arsenal Football Club. Continue, uh, even though a little bit of a slip up against Porto in the Champions League, they certainly were doing uh, quite well. Big win over Newcastle this past weekend on there talking about the bills. Not a lot of coming out of Buffalo right now. The commanders big news with the um, DC bill come or the, the was it Senate Congress bill coming out in terms of turning the RFK site. My understanding of it is anyways, that the RFK site is being turned back over to the city of DC who would like to build a new stadium there for the Washington stupidly named commanders. Big news there. Other news commanders. Well, we got FedEx field FedEx has, um, dropped out i guess of the naming rights to the stadium two years early although jason yeah, so who team, do you want to be uh, what who, what do you want the name of the stadium to be now could not care less you don't care you I, don't care what business is going to buy the rights i you know no not really because well the interest okay so i found this interesting so jason wright was on 1067 the fan earlier today with with grant and danny and he was talking about i believe they said that it's certainly possible that the whatever you know organization business goes and gets the naming rights for presently or uh, i guess they're calling it out commander's field until it gets a new name the could carry over to a new stadium so that i you know i just i don't know i never really thought about that i was like oh that definitely makes sense albeit confusing if both stadiums are still up at the same time it's true I imagine what is currently Commander's Field would be like, you know, dump out in Landover. But interesting news coming out there in terms of what this team is doing. They've uh, also they're putting seventy five million into the improving the stadium experience because and just the stadium itself. So, you know. Josh Harris and co are certainly trying to, to, to make things right. Uh, going back to that trade, it looks like a, uh, this is again, Pierre Lebrun second round pick young prospect and a conditional pick going to Calgary in return for Tanev. So there is your bottom of what you should get for Nick Dowd going into next Friday, in my opinion, which, you know, could very well be wrong, but that's, that, that's my thoughts on that one. Um, Antenna is going into the final year of his deal, whereas Dowd is signed through next season. Uh, Dowd should get us a first round pick and a player by himself. Yeah, that's, I mean, if that's what they're getting for Tanev, who's about to be a free agent, he's older. And if I have his stats right, and maybe I don't, but he does have, has had more than six goals in a season, no more than 28 points. I don't know if Dowd's done better than that, but he's doing better this year. He was eight and eight. Come on now. Cavs should be able to get something for him. So, huh. that's my opinion on the matter. But, yeah, uh, I guess that's the – no, what? Do, I don't even remember which part of the show we were just on. That's finding me <laughs> on Twitter, I guess? At WT. Yes. I completely lost track. Man, why the couldn't they wait until – why couldn't they do what they normally do and wait until after the show to break news? Uh, this is different for us. <laughs> or the next day. 
or something like that is what they usually do. Not we're breaking it during the show. But, uh, yeah, that's finding me on Twitter at WTP Coach Dan. But, hey, if you've enjoyed the show, go ahead and check us out on Facebook at Facebook.com slash WhatThePuckPod. It's where we'll post when new shows are coming out, as well as all sorts of things related to the Washington Capitals, the Hershey Bears, South Carolina Stingrays, the Hershey Cubs, and the National Hockey League. That's Facebook.com slash WhatThePuckPod. But, Brandon, I was recently, recently, just a moment ago, confusing myself and talking about the Washington Commanders and a potential new stadium and site and other things they're doing currently with the dump that is Commanders Field. If someone happens to be a fan of a certain purple clad team based out of Baltimore, is there a podcast they should check out? You can check out my Baltimore Ravens podcast called The Call. We talk all things Baltimore Ravens. Uh, let's see what happens at the Combine. We might do a show next week and talk about what's going on with the Combine, but Probably not because I don't know college football in the least. But, uh, hey, subscribe to the call so whenever a new show comes out, you'll be the first to know. Make sure you're social with What the Puck. Write us an Apple podcast review. Rate us over on Spotify. Let people know I'm a Washington Capitals fan. I listen to What the Puck, and you should too. Let's go over the games until we talk again on March 1st. The Capitals are up against the Philadelphia Flyers. That game is at 7 o'clock. You can watch that one on the Monumental Sports Network locally or the NHL Network uh, nationally. And then Sunday, March 3rd, the Capitals have another game in D.C. It's a matinee game up against the Arizona Coyotes. That game is at 1 o'clock in the afternoon. You can watch that one on the Monumental Sports Network locally or the NHL Network nationally as well. And then Coach Dan and I will be back. We'll be talking about those two games, preparing you guys for the trade deadline. That is March 8th. That has been the subject of a lot of talk around Caps World for the last couple weeks, even maybe months. But we will talk all about it next week. So that is it for the show this week. Everybody, say it loud, say it proud. Let's go, Caps. This has been a production of Brando Cash Entertainment. Music by DJ Wolfman. Voiceover by Sarah Jacks. For more information, go to brandocash.com.